welcome to Ladies Who London podcast. I'm Emily Dell. And I'm Alex Lacey, and we are qualified London Blue Badge Tourist Guides. Each week, we bring to you some of the best bits of London. We talk about our favourite people, places and events with a bit of information, a lot of laughs and a whole lot of fun. Indeed. We can be found on Instagram at Ladies Who London Podcast and on our website, guideemily.com and alexlacey.com for all information about our upcoming virtual tours. We're not doing walking tours uh, at the moment, as well as what the Blue Badge Guiding Qualification is all about. So welcome to this week. Thank you for coming back. Welcome, everybody. We had fun last week, didn't we? Our first guest. Oh, my gosh. How much fun is Lee with his spooky... (laughs) theatre tales loved it i know fantastic hey um yeah i really enjoyed that it was quite nice to to just try and uh freak each other out a little bit with some some spooky chat Uh, but you went you didn't go spooky you went properly grisly i did and i got a few messages saying that that was a i went in there quite deep quite early (laughs) (laughs) yeah yeah Um, maybe in hindsight we shouldn't have put you first Yeah, the acid bath murderer. But gosh, loved yours, Alex, in terms of all of those sayings, you know, such as ringer and all that kind of thing. It's brilliant. It's so much fun. I love that kind of stuff. I love all the uh, the etymology and and figuring out where these crazy uh, phrases come from. And there's so many as well um, that uh, we might, you know, we might do some more on that at some point uh, in the future. Yeah. Yeah. So thank you everyone for listening and thank you uh, as well. Always say thank you to our lovely jingle meister, uh, Ben Morales Frost, uh, for our lovely jingle, which actually people are really loving. I've had quite a few messages about it now. Um, it's quite jaunty, isn't it? I love it. It is a bit jaunty. Yeah, I love it. <laughs> so uh, we did not do podcast pedestal last week, did we? Because we were just having fun. Exactly. Being all kitschy and schlocky. Some Halloween tales. Um, So a couple of days ago, we heard in the news from Bojo that we are going back (laughs) into lockdown. Hurrah. Hurrah. Uh, There is is a bit of a hurrah, a bit of light at the end of the tunnel because Alex, global tea break. Yes. uh, Yeah. I'm bringing uh, back global tea break um, starting from next Monday, which is the 9th of November. Uh, I just thought, you know, it got us all through lockdown last time. So we're going to let it get us through lockdown this time yeah. uh we, we we might have the odd guest mightn't we emily yeah possibly so if you're happy <laughs> basically i'm getting basically i'm getting emily on as much as i can <laughs> Yay. my partner in crime uh, yeah so i'm going to bring it back for the four weeks of lockdown and then we'll just you know like uh, like the government's going to do we'll reassess when we get to the start of december okay. uh, it'll be monday to friday at three o'clock live on instagram every day uh, at tourguide.alex and it'll be you know it's kind of where this podcast came from isn't it from my tea break and your history hunt just us kind of doing bits of fun history while you know we have really nothing much else to do so that's that's what it's going to be it's it's sort of more live version of this um with a whole variety of different guests and, and all sorts of things I've, I've already lined up a whole load of people i basically just emailed oh, everybody i can think of and gone can you come on <laughs> so it's gonna be I'm good not, i'm so excited because when we had the last lockdown it was such a such a nice routine you know just before three yeah. o'clock i had my instagram on i was ready to see you i'm <laughs> um, yeah i'm really thrilled that you're bringing it back good yeah it's just you know the reason i did it was to, to for everybody to be able to take a, a bit of time out of their day where they're not either working or panicking or thinking about 
COVID or politics. Uh, you come together at three o'clock and it's completely politics and COVID free zone. So it's all just a little bit of fun, uh, a bit of history, a bit of culture, a bit of whatever we fancy. Um, and we might even be opening the history portal back up again, which I'm really excited oh my about. God. Yes, I know. So, uh, so yeah, so if anybody wants to come and join, it is, uh, yeah, just come along. Uh, from next Monday, three o'clock on Instagram, and they're saved afterwards as well. And we'll just keep going. We'll just, you know, we'll get through it, won't we? We will. We will, my darling. We will. But for this week, uh, we have a rather exciting story for this week. Wait, we? Well, yes. Yeah. So last week we spun the wheel. Well, I spun the wheel, and yep. it landed um, in an area that it had landed before, didn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Which so was. We'll- I mean, it's going to happen at some point, wasn't it? It's it's just earlier I mean, rather we, than later. You know, we've only got a certain amount of different places on the wheel. Yeah. Um, so, yes, yeah, so it landed in Westminster. Yeah. And um, it's quite... Which is fine, because there's an absolute treasure trove of stuff there, isn't there? Yeah, completely. And I just, you know, you're talking about the, uh, the portal, the history portal, where you, you know, bring people back from historical times. Yeah. Um, a person that would relate to the story that I'm going to tell today that I would love to come through the portal at some point um, is Guy Fawkes. Yeah. And this is perfect timing. I'm kind of glad that we, we had an option to, to do that from wherever it landed because 5th of November is the date. So this Thursday yeah. is bonfire night. It is. It's bonfire night. So remember, remember the 5th of November. I think a lot of people will have connections to that in some way, especially maybe from their childhood. Mm-hmm. I don't know, Alex, if you ever made uh, an effigy of Guy Fawkes? Do you know, I don't think I did, but that was probably partly due to the fact that I was away for school from the age of nine and we didn't really get to do things like that. Um, But we should actually explain, because I know that we have some listeners who are not from the UK, uh, what Bonfire Night is, because for Brits, it's... Well, they they do say, don't they, that if you are an expat, it is the one day of the year that you miss the most. Because it's so unique and it's, it's, it's so much fun. Um, so bonfire night is, is the 5th of November when we, uh, well, otherwise called Guy Fawkes night. Um, and it, it remembers the story that we're going to tell you now. And in classically British fashion, we sort of burn an effigy of the guy who is largely held to be responsible. Which is it is absolutely so brutal. And at the end, I will tell you a story of what happened to me when my mum asked me to, to make an effigy of Guy Fawkes. Ooh. I'll tell you later because it's just, it's, you know, it, it still upsets me today, to be honest. Um, but yes. Keep so, it light, keep it light. <laughs> well, you say that. This is therapy, Emily. Talking about the bloodiest plot in British history, or at least it would have been if the plot went to plan. So we're going to be talking about the time when a group of men including a man called Guy Fawkes, tried to blow up the Houses of Parliament on the 5th of November, 1605. And if they were uh, able to... I know how he feels. (laughs) Honestly, yes. I mean, God, yeah. Any gunpowder back there, Alex? Um, If they were to achieve this, they would have killed not only the king, but they would have killed um, the queen, they would have killed judges, they would have killed members of parliament, the gentry. It would have been the largest terrorist attack that the whole country would have ever have known. Yeah. And probably still today, to be honest. And it's not just Um, the king and the queen, is it? But it was also his two sons. Uh, yeah. So essentially the next in line to the throne as well. So taking out the whole lot in one fell swoop. 
Yes, exactly. It's quite brazen. It is. So now, why does it start? Well, it starts with a man really called Robert Catsby. Now, Robert Catsby, he's a very likable guy. He's quite charismatic. And actually, you know, around 1602, he is in there with the king, a lot of noblemen. He has land himself. But one thing that is frowned upon is the fact that he is Catholic and he is a proud Catholic. Right, right. Rock roll, because of course, in the early 1600s, we have Queen Elizabeth I on the throne, and this is a Protestant country. Mm-hmm. It had been a Protestant country since her father, King Henry VIII, um, came away from the Catholic faith and created the Church of England. And if you were a Catholic living in England during this time, it was brutal. A lot of Catholics would have hid their faith. And on the surface, a lot of people would have thought that they were Protestants. They would go to church. They would act like Protestants. But if they didn't go to church and if they showed their true beliefs, then they would get severely punished. Just to be a Um, secret Catholic. Yeah, exactly. Um, Some in the way that they would be fined, some in the way that they would have to leave the country altogether. So Robert Catsby, although, you know, people know him and at the time as well in London, you've only got a couple of thousand people living, you know, everybody knows each other, really. It's not like today. (laughs) Um, So Robert Catsby um, in the early 1600s, he is very good friends with a man called Thomas Percy and Thomas Percy, a little bit like Catsby, is also up there with the royal family. And he goes to Scotland to meet James VI, King of Scotland. Reason Uh being, when Queen Elizabeth I passes away and rumours are circulating that she's not too well, early 1600, she could die at any moment. And the next in line would be her cousin, which is the Scottish King James, King James VI of Scotland. And, you know, within the Catholic community, a lot of people are hoping that if James takes the throne, then he will be civil to Catholics because his mother, Queen of Scots, who had her head cut off, (laughs) um, she was Catholic. Um, James, King James's wife was also a practicing Catholic and they had heard rumors that he would, he would be lenient. So Thomas, and also she's a bit of a like she she she's a secret Catholic as well. She's she hides it, doesn't she? She's all kind of mm. no, no, I'm totes Protestant, and then she's totes Catholic behind the scenes. <laughs> <laughs> totes Protestant, totes Protestant, it's Prots, mate. <laughs> um, so yes, yeah, so anyway, Thomas Percy he sees James, and James is a bit of an interesting character. So some say he was a bit crude, a bit vulgar, a little bit smelly, um, but he was. <laughs> Very, very what catch. Yeah. And he would have a lot of meetings one to one and he would kind of make them believe whatever they wanted to believe. So he didn't say either way, you know, what it would be like, but he basically allowed Thomas Percy to, to think what he wanted to think. So think that he Percy, was the big shot. I think he was his kind of, yeah. Absolutely. So Percy went away. Love uh, it. That's so tricksy, isn't it? It does, oh, isn't it? Play them off against it's each really other. Really tricksy. So um, comes back to London, talks to Catsby and says, look, it's okay. I spoke to James. And when James comes to power for England, um, I think that he's going to be really lenient to the Catholic community. Now, in 1603, Queen Elizabeth I pops it. Ooh, um, off you go, Liz. 
off she goes. Um, so James becomes King James I of England and Scotland. And for about a year, things seem okay. So he relaxes the persecution of Catholics. There is an easement of fines. Um, but after about a year, all of this starts happening again. And Catholics are starting to be persecuted a little bit more so, actually, than when Queen Elizabeth I was on the throne. And do so you know that, what brings about that kind of that change? Well, I, I think when he started to um, show easement towards the Catholics, because there was such a big Protestant following, he had quite a few people on his yeah. back. Um, I think to simmer those, simmer the Protestants, he had to, he had to do that. Especially, yeah. I guess, you know, he's been the King of Scotland. He wants to, he wants everybody to like him in England. <laughs> he wants, you know. Don't we all, babe, don't we all? Don't we all. So I think it was partly that. Anyway, at this point in 1604, Catsby thinks, right, this is not anymore. We need to do something about this. And if we really need to change things here in this country, we need to kill the king. Yes. So Fighting talk. A plot begins. And there is a meeting with a group of men in the Duck and Drake pub, which stood along the strand some say where the coal hole pub stands today is Ooh, where okay that's a pretty pretty well-known pub isn't it yeah and it's it's around there where the duck and drake um stood so a group of men they met which included of course um percy who was the one who went to see king james um sixth now the first um it also included guido fawkes who is uh -huh. the big shot when it comes to the story. And it should really be Catsby Knight, because Catsby is the one who forms this plan, who forms this plot. Guido is brought in because he is a specialist from Yorkshire when it comes <laughs> to gunpowder um, and explosives. And I mean, I love that you're a, spe a specialist in gunpowder and explosives. Specialist in gunpowder. I want that job. <laughs> Um, yeah, so when it comes to assassinations of members of the royal family, it's happened before, you know, people, um, members of the royal family have been poisoned or they've been, um, you know, uh, been shot, but powder, gunpowder, this, this is something completely new and would have been, if it went up, extreme to the point, and I don't want to spoil the story really, because people might not know <laughs> the, the, the whole story, but I will just say now, if, it, if the gunpowder was to have gone up, it would have been the equivalent of about 250 cannons firing all at once. <gasps> it would have been big boom. big boom. Anyway, so months of planning, um, and Percy, because he's quite up there with the royal family and parliamentarians, Legend. he um, is actually a parliamentary guard himself, which is super ironic because the place that he guards <laughs> is the place that he wants to destroy. And the night in question of this plot, the 5th of November, is a very important date because this is the date of the state opening of Parliament. Ooh, all the bells and whistles. Exactly. So this is a particular date where they know that the king, they know all the important people will be in Parliament that particular night. 
So they rent lodgings um, and they come to Rotherhive or Guido comes to Rotherhive. To oh, hey. The powder. Near us. Hey, Rotherhive. So Rotherhive hey, did not know this, but apparently was uh, very well known to have a huge powder mill where they oh. created gunpowder. Right. And there was so much of it because at the time we were warring with Spain. So there was a lot of gunpowder being produced and huge excess of it sold around London. So Guido was able to get 36 barrels worth of gunpowder. Blimey, Charlie, that's a lot. <laughs> it really is, isn't it? It's absolutely mental. In fact, I would go as far as to say that's 26 cannons worth. <laughs> <laughs> um, 250. <laughs> <laughs> oh sorry <laughs> i got two of the numbers right <laughs> are, are you um, glad you put me in charge of counting now yeah completely now the plan was that they were going to blow up parliament and as soon as they have blown it up this group of men um they uh they leave london on horseback and they start an uprising they start telling people that the king is dead so they start going to all the catholics that they know um and all the catholic priests to start this yeah to honestly to start this uprising which is something that has happened in history before um for instance during world war ii there were various assassination attempts on hitler's life Mm. And there was one particular attempt where they found out that actually he hadn't died, but they were going to continue with the plan and start spreading the rumours that Hitler was dead so that it would cause this big uprising. So this is something that we've seen kind of repeated in history. Obviously, obviously not before. (laughs) Not before the gunpowder plot. Not before the gunpowder plot, but certainly afterwards. And there was also the plot as well to kidnap king james the first's daughter elizabeth yeah so elizabeth wasn't going to be in parliament that night she was going to be staying up in warwick they were going to kidnap her and um eventually make her into the queen and she was going to rule the country as a catholic Uh interesting so they could kind of pull her over to their side and get like kind of encourage her over to to catholicism yeah Ooh, but it's a risky business sneaky. isn't it because you know it, yeah. Elizabeth, she might get to a certain age and start questioning um their <laughs> yeah. motives and you know suddenly have a big following a huge protestant following that could completely backfire on them but and also maybe kind of going we killed your parents and your brothers now be one of us may not have gone down quite as well as they were hoping not um it's more stick than carrot isn't it really it is but then again you know king james the first his mother was killed by um by members of the royal family that were on the throne before him true, true. and he kind of went against his mother a little bit didn't he oh, it's just a web of intrigue and betrayal oh, and all that kind of stuff um anyway history is so good isn't it oh it is alex it is um (laughs) now percy he then so he's got this kind of room in westminster in like this little lodging in westminster very close to parliament but then suddenly he is allowed to lease a cellar in the houses of parliament right underneath the hall of parliament which is where um the huge service is going to take place i should say as well that this is not in the building that you will see today most of what you see today is the 19th century building however there are little bits aren't there alex 
There oh. are, yeah, the, the, the main uh, Westminster Hall is still part of the original uh, building. But I'm just loving that idea that, yeah, no, no, we'll totally rent out rooms below Parliament. That's totally normal. Yeah, just fine. Well, this was around for trouble. as well, that you would have, um, a lot of people, a lot of commoners would have walked around Parliament. It's not like today where you can only get in oh, if yeah, you pass and you've booked. This would have been a time where you would have just found all sorts of people wandering about. Yeah, I suppose so. Um, Fair enough. Now, uh, Guy Fawkes, Guido Fawkes, um, put all the gunpowder in this cellar underneath Parliament and cover the whole thing with firewood in the hope that, you know, that. If somebody went down, they're not going to wonder why the hell there is so much firewood <laughs> covering what's going nice, Did you put these 30 something barrels of gunpowder down here? What's oh. this all about? Um, now, suddenly, and I have to mention as well that Catsby, because he's starting to get people ready for um, the big explosion and this uprising, more and more people are knowing about the plot. So the group of conspiracies initially was about five and then it was 13 and then more and more people start to know. Um, And I'm saying that because a letter, a man called Lord Monteagle who lived in Hoxton, who was a Catholic priest, but a little bit like Percy, he, uh, well, a little bit like Catsby, should I say, got on well with members of parliament and the royal family, even though he was a Catholic priest. He receives a letter in his home late at night and his servant brings him this letter and he opens this letter and it's basically a warning to say, whatever you do, do not go to parliament on this particular night because mm-hmm. there will be an, a, a terrible blow a terrible blow a big boom so Monteagle thinks well what on earth shall I do and I should say as well this is October 26th so this is just a few days before the plan of action so uh, Monteagle goes straight to who is known as the spy master Robert Cecil who is pretty much the right hand man to the king so he shows Robert Cecil this letter and Robert takes it all in and says, okay, well, we need to show this to the king. Um, don't say anything about it. Just allow the king to think what he wants. So Robert Cecil is basically allowing the king to come up with what is obvious, and that is there is an attack upon your life. Um, so the king obviously says, well, a terrible blow. You know what that means. They're going to explode Parliament. We need Neither to do no flies on him, is there? There really isn't. Um, so with that, Monteagle, he gets dealt a very good hand. Because he's the person that comes to Parliament with this letter, he gets given £500 per year for the rest of his life, which Skills. is a humongous amount of money. Yeah. And some people have questioned Monteagle. Some people have questioned whether he wrote it himself because maybe he heard... Yeah, rumours. Because he was a Catholic priest, maybe he'd heard about this uprising and thought, well, if I, if I write a letter and give it to the king, then, you know, I will be the one that has saved the day. And they will trust me, even though I'm a Catholic. And he was actually somebody <laughs> who would be a Catholic, but from the outskirts, you would think that he was a Protestant. So he, re- he really wanted to please the king. And, That's you know, a pretty be- good sort mm. of subterfuge going on there isn't it it is isn't it so um anyway catsby finds out that monteagle has received this letter 
but he decides to carry on with the plan. He said, if God is on our side. Spoiler, uh, he's not. Yeah. <laughs> 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 um, then things will go to plan. And of course they don't. So on the evening of the 5th of November, because Cecil, the spy master, thinks, no, let's let this unfold as Ooh. much as it possibly can. Interesting. Uh, I want to catch whoever it is right in the act. So, which is pretty risky because the mm. king says, look, if you search the place and you don't find anything, I'm going to parliament on this night. And so Cecil's thinking, right, okay, well, we better make sure that we search. And they do two searches and they finally find Guy Fawkes in the cellar. And there's this kind of image of him where he's kind of hunched over in this dark room, a lantern in one hand. He's got the gunpowder <laughs> laid out. It's not, not a great idea, is it? Lantern in one hand, gunpowder in the other. No, no. <laughs> <laughs> Keep those two apart, mate. Yeah. Early big boom. Calling yourself a specialist. <laughs> uh, so Rookie he, mistake right there. They, they ask him who he is. And he says, John. They say, John who? He says, Johnson, I mean, come on, guy. Brilliant. <laughs> so he says, I'm John Johnson. And they say, right, well, John Johnson, you're coming with us. So take... No relation, I guess. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Any relation, Bojo? Um, so takes him to the Tower of London. Meanwhile, the rest of the group, including Catsby, um, they're, they're out of London at this point and they were going to hear word from Guido to tell them, yes, I've seen the explosion, it's happened and the king is dead. Realistically, just before we move on, just like uh, Guy Fawkes being in that cellar with all that gunpowder, surely that's a bit of a suicide mission. I mean, well, they had, so it would have taken, I think it was something like 80 minutes before it would have gone off. So I don't know how it would have worked exactly, but it would have given him enough time to light the fuse to, because with gunpowder, you have a huge fuse for ages to actually get. So I don't, I guess you put some kind of liquid down, let the flame go along the liquid. And then when it hits the powder, that's when it That's when it goes, yeah. So yeah, I guess the, the trail of liquid um, was certainly long enough. I read it's 18 still, it seems quite long, doesn't it? It's, it's still, well, I suppose if you're trying to definitely get out in time, I mean, it still seems like a potentially a very hard thing to do, which might be another reason why old um, uh, Catsby and everybody weren't there. True, but I know yeah. Catsby, he was certainly willing to die um, to save catholics and i think potentially guy fawkes was was happy to do that as well knowing full well that the country or to hope that the country was going to change in their favor um it was a huge risk but the rewards the potential rewards were big enough to take that risk um so yes, yeah, it would yeah. have had enough time for him to leave and then go to, uh, go to a little house in Westminster to look over towards Parliament and see it explode. And as I say, this just would have been tremendous. The sound, the flames, it would have been just unimaginable, really. 
So Time anyway, home about. <laughs> yeah. Um, so the rest of the group, they get away and they think they, they finally hear that the king is not dead and they've arrested Guy Fawkes and they think, well, let's carry on with the uprising. So they start to tell people that the king is dead, hoping that they're going to suddenly say, right, you know, let's uprise. But the Catholics that they are going towards, they're all shutting the doors in Catsby's face. It's too risky they don't want to know they really don't want to know and actually he only manages to get 40 men together now, that's, not a, that's not an uprising Catsby. No, no that's a trip to the pub it is and in the end um the the men were caught and they were killed and Catsby, they were staying in this house at the time um they were over at hole beach and um they got found there Catsby was killed, but he was alive long enough to um, leave the garden where he was shot and crawl into this nearby chapel, find a picture of the Virgin Mary, and he died clutching this picture. Oh. Mm. Which I think, you know, the, the fact that he was dying and doing whatever he could for his faith is a pretty strong image, isn't it? So how, how did he die? Was he kind of, I don't know, like killed in the, what, what was the, what happened? So he was shot by a musket. Oh, and actually, he was, okay. uh, this particular musket ball um, killed him and also another guy together. Oh. Yeah, which I think is why he stayed alive long enough, because I think the blow was bigger for the other guy. <laughs> right, um, okay. <laughs> I think the other guy was standing in front of him, and then it went, went. Took the payload and then, yeah. yeah pushed him back but had enough time to go oh my god i need a chapel i need a chapel where's the chapel oh my god i'm in a chapel where's the virgin mary <laughs> seriously so he actually kind of had time to find her and, and grasp well, her I think where he was shot he was actually very close to an opening of the chapel which was right. part oh of the goodness. house where they were staying but wow but yes now um how dramatic oh, he's so dramatic now guy He's been placed in the Tower of London at this point. He's still saying that my name is John Johnson. <laughs> um, and the king wants to see him and interview him himself, which up until this point is pretty unheard of. You know, if you've got these um, people that are attempting these assassinations upon the royal family, the last thing you think is that the king would want to be face to face with the yeah. person wanted to kill him but he wanted to he was quite good interviewing and trying to to get the information out that he wanted but Guy Fawkes he was very firm with his beliefs and was very open to the fact that he wanted to kill the king he said I wanted to kill you so um, nice of him <laughs> yes um and eventually with that the king sent him to the rack ah would you like to explain the rack, Alex? I mean, we can. <laughs> it's really <laughs> not the most pleasant thing at all. Um, I'm sure most people, if, if you think of torture devices, you, you probably think of the rack as one of the most famous. And, and it's kind of, as it sounds, you're, you're sort of laid out on this machine. Your arms are attached to ropes at one end and your ankles at the other end. I'm like, and I'm then... see, you can't see this, but I'm, we're on Zoom right now and Alex is actually doing <laughs> Doing it out. It's like YMCA for the Middle Ages. Yeah. Um, and then the, the 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 wheel is cranked, and as the wheel is cranked, the the ropes are pulled away uh, further and further. So basically, you're kind of you're being stretched essentially. And I think it could be that you'd be stretched 
to the point where you know your body would kind of come off the thing and then you know all your all your joints would start popping out and and basically yeah it's gonna be torn apart i, I can't i can't reach any further get your arms down girl get your arms down um so yeah just a brutal and a lot of people you know as soon as there was the threat that you were going to be put on the rack they would confess their sins immediately and for yeah. guy Fawkes, it didn't take him long um, and they basically they wanted the names of the other um other people involved and there's uh an incredible couple of signatures that you can find online if you just google guy Fawkes's signature you can find one that he made before he was put on the rack and then one that he made one that he signed after and it's, it's just, just yeah it's know, not a signature it's just a sort of it's just a much mark he could make with this kind of broken body Ooh. yeah um so yeah so at the <laughs> end he was hung drawn and quartered oh no that's not a good way to go it really isn't it is absolutely brutal and there's a couple of different ideas about what this could possibly be isn't there alex well there's uh, yeah so hanging drawing and quartering was a type of punishment reserved for traitors the naughty traitors um and the, the, the one thing is that drawing seems to have people seem to interpret it in two different ways so um there's either the drawing where you are being drawn to the gallows which is often pulled behind a horse and sometimes on a kind of like a sledge or something but also sometimes not mm -hmm. and then hanged by the neck until almost dead uh, and then your body is taken down and then cut open um essentially disemboweled so um sliced all the way up the middle and all of your you're guts saying are pulled this out like you're just reading out your <laughs> shopping list like just I have explained this so many times, um, but the, <laughs> but the taking out of all the guts and the inside is sometimes thought to be the drawing. And there's like there's different sources to say each one. Either way, it's pretty grisly. Uh, so all of your guts are pulled out, and then just for good measure, might be chucked on a fire. Um, sometimes even your uh, your 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 unmentionables, your gentlemanly parts, oh, are then trigger. chopped off and popped on the fire as well while you're watching on, of course. And then just to make sure that you're dead, they chop your head off uh, and they chop your body into four. Uh, and then the four parts would often be sort of sent around the country on a kind of little, little kind of, you know, tour of <laughs> the only tour you're going to do around the country <laughs> of, uh, you know, as a way to kind of deter people from it. And sometimes the quartering of the body wouldn't be done just by chopping. Sometimes it would be done by attaching each limb to a horse facing different directions and then kind of giving them a whack on the bum to get them going and basically split the body apart. It's basically, oh. it's pretty horrible. Thanks oh. for making me explain, Emily. And I have oh, anchored that one out as well. You explained it so well. God, isn't that awful? <laughs> so Guy Fawkes. Don't have nightmares. <laughs> Don't have nightmares, guys. This is not a Halloween times two, <laughs> believe it or not. Um, so, yeah. I'm sure that hanging, drawing and quartering will come up quite a lot in the stories that we're going to do over the next history, few months, because let's history. face it, it does come up quite a bit in history. Back. Um, so after this, people started to light bonfires. Now, you have to remember as well that it's autumn, it's cold, it's dark, it's black. So it would have been a pretty tremendous sight to see outside all of these parishes, suddenly these huge bonfires and the heat and the flames. And this has become a tradition. And I mentioned a story that kind of... Uh, still troubles me today which yeah tell me about me. this so i must have been probably about seven or eight i got home and laid out on the floor and my mum would usually be quite crafty you know she'd say right we're gonna have a craft time what are you gonna make out of this 
So it was the 5th of November and on the floor there were potato bags, there was straw, there were some pens, there was string. And she basically said, you and your sister, you have to make a man out of all these things, a bit like a scarecrow, and we're going to call him Guy Fawkes. So me and my sister, we took such a long time making this man. We were calling him Guy. We fell in love with him. We gave oh, him no. a lovely smile. Oh. You know, it was just pure joy. Oh, us really? Guy, Guy and us. Anyway, so mum suddenly said, oh my gosh, this is fantastic. Well done. You've done a really good job. And we're like, cheers, mum. And then she says, Ron, which is my dad, go get the wheelbarrow. And we're like, okay. <laughs> so Guy is then placed in the wheelbarrow and we leave our house. It's at night. It's dark. This is strange. And my mum said, what you're going to do is you're going to go up to lots of people and you're going to wheel the guy over to them and you're going to say, penny for the guy. And if they like your effigy of this man, they will give you money. And me right. and my sister, we were like, oh my God, they're going to give us money. This is just <laughs> better than Halloween. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So we went around and we probably like passed about 100 people. So we had, you know, lots of coppers, twos and one piece, sometimes five, maybe a 20p if we were lucky in our pockets. And it was just brilliant. Um, and then after doing this, it's pretty cold now. My mum says, right, we've got to go to Beverly's house. Oh, okay. Go to Beverly's house. She said, there's going to be lots of children there. So we all go to Beverly's house. Yeah, there's lots of children there. And oh, all the children, they've also made a guy. And in the middle of Beverly's garden, oh, no. there's a bonfire. Yeah, there's a bonfire. So let it out, Emily. Let it out. And toasty and, you know, wondering when the marshmallows are coming out. And mum said, right, you two, me and my sister, grab hold of Guy's arm. Okay, we're going to walk up to the bonfire. And we're going to chuck him in. What? We're going to chuck him in. And all the parents are there with all the kids, with their guys. And I'm not even joking. All of the kids were crying their absolute eyes out. <laughs> well, their beloved guy that they'd spent God knows how long creating was burning, burning in front of them. <laughs> oh, Emily, breaking my heart. Oh, how horrific is that? My mum and dad were like, yeah. <laughs> And you'd fallen in love with it. Is this why every year you try to throw your boyfriend on the bonfire? Is that why? Yes, I just can't help it. I just can't help it. Being a flame. Some, some Pavlovian response. Get in the flames. Get in the flames. Oh dear, Mum Adele, you have scarred your daughter. Yeah, seriously. That's hilarious. And so ever, ever since then, how was that kind of a... Um, a tradition not, not in your family but like, um that, that started almost immediately after the uh gunpowder plot this whole thing of putting a guy on the bonfire or did it take a while to kick in i think it took a while to kick in for that but you know there was a lot of excitement i don't know if they would have made effigies of guy Fawkes straight away but i i doubt it was it was that long before they started to do it yeah i mean it, it's it people do like sort of vilifying people don't they Mm, they do um, and you know this idea of kind of it's weird because you celebrate the fact that there was that there was no explosion it's quite interesting because there are lots of fireworks that are set off so these big huge bangs reminding us that the the largest bang that London possibly to this day would have ever have seen didn't happen so because of that, everybody comes together and creates their own bangs. Yeah. And I guess some in commiseration. Um, so it's, yeah, it's really interesting because 
and yeah. so then the fireworks are kind of representing the 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 big bang the big big, big big boom that would have gone off in parliament yeah wow amazing so there you go that's the story thank of you night. that's fabulous I, I it's a story i love and um i didn't know it in as much detail as that it's brilliant but there is um of course there is the um the poem isn't there which you yes. mentioned briefly at the start um uh, sh uh, shall i read it for you it's only it's yes, only short. please remember remember the 5th of november gunpowder treason and plot we see no reason why gunpowder treason should ever be forgot guy fawkes it was his intent to blow up king and parliament loving that rhyme Three score barrels were laid below to prove old England's overthrow. By God's mercy, he was catched with a darkened lantern and a burning match. So hollow boys, hollow boys, let the bells ring. Hollow boys, hollow boys, God save the king. And what shall we do with him? Burn him. God, you know, I, I can't even remember the last time I heard the whole of that. Wow. I know, I know. People don't normally get for the first two lines and that's it. And then everyone's yeah, like, what's it going remember, after that? Remember. And the, the remember the remember bit. It connects to the fact that King James I, you know, he wanted people to never forget mm. how, you know, because I think that he probably thought that he was the one that sussed it out and, you know, he stopped Parliament from being blown up and all of these people dying. So it's never forget King James I and how he got Absolutely. out of that. Um, but yeah, that's lovely. Thank you, wow. Alex. Yay. Thank you so much, Emily. That was awesome. I loved You're it. Welcome. Yay. So that is on Thursday of this not of this um week. So for those who are in the UK, it's going to be slightly different this year. There aren't going to be any big bonfire parties and big fireworks, but I'm sure there'll be something going off. There's been fireworks going off around me in the last few days. I'm sure there'll be Ooh. something to look at from afar. Who knows? Who knows? <laughs> Podcast pedestal. Um, so now we have to decide what we're going to choose for the podcast pedestal podcast pedestal, podcast pedestal. <laughs> <laughs> okay what are we going to go for oh, what do you do you have an idea oh, oh i don't oh there's a couple of things what are you thinking oh well there's the obvious gunpowder yeah but if there wasn't gunpowder if gunpowder hadn't existed then I'm sure that they would have found something else to use. I'm going to say the Montego letter. Ooh, yeah. That's a good choice. That is a good choice. Um, I think I'm going to go with, I'm going to go with the king. Okay, good choice. Because he's quite crux, you know. If he, he went is. there doing his kingy stuff, they wouldn't be doing their boomy stuff would they that's very true oh it's gonna be a tight one but i, like I think when letter, it comes though. to the story if that letter had not either been written by monteagle or been written by somebody else for monteagle then who yeah. knows where we would be today yeah oh whoa oh, oh. okay interesting yeah I think you're going to win on that. I'm going to go with the king anyway. See, I'm going to go with the king. One, good one to go with. I'm going to yeah, go just because, him. you know, if, if, if he sort of, letter. you know, the, if the king had stamped down, you know, because of course he, he sort of started out by appeasing the mm. Catholic faith or the Catholics in, in the UK. And I think then sort of gave them hope. And like you say, kind of played them off against each other and, and, you know, did that whole kind of thing of, well, no, actually you're the, you're my favorite. And then, actually, no, you're my favorite. And they all sort of thought that they were, um, you know, had his ear and then 
to kind of turn the tables quite so much. Mm-hmm. If, if he had sort of come in like his cousin, Elizabeth I, and been quite vehemently anti-Catholic, yeah, sure, you'd have had uprisings and all that kind of thing, but I don't think it would have been ever as quite as dramatic as this. Um, so I think, yeah, him being a little bit of a flip-flopper, I think is, is kind of the, the, the crux point of the whole, where the whole thing comes from. Yeah. So, so well, those are your choices for this week, everyone. Here we go. Ping, there we go. The best choice. Or, um, or the, the best choice. Um, what am I going for? Old Lord Monteagle's letter. Yeah. Eee, I think that, oh, yeah, I think that's going to be a, a tight one this week. I think so as well, actually. Because we're 3 oh. 2 to you now, aren't we? 3 2 to me. Not that that should sway anybody's votes at all. No, but, but if you want to feel sorry for me, please do. <laughs> <laughs> If you also think that the best person is coming out ahead anyway, just keep going. (laughs) (laughs) Fabulous. So we'd better have a chat about what we've got coming up before we go to the uh, Wheel of Destiny. Um, What have you, have you got anything coming up at the minute? What have you got in your diary? Yeah, so I've still got my virtual tour coming up um, this coming Monday, which is my sketching uh, my sketching tour of Trafalgar Square. Oh, so that sounds exciting. About, I might come yeah, on that, actually. I'm excited for this. So I'm going to be talking about Trafalgar Square. Um, we're going to be kind of going around virtually and then we'll stop here and there and sketch little bits of it together. So that's going Brilliant. to be at 7 o'clock next Monday, which is the 9th. And you can book that on www.guideemily.com and also you can book it on another website if you want to, which is... <laughs> the london tour group.com fab which is your new uh, your new venture um and i haven't got anything in the diary yet i was planning to have loads of walking tours but of course they've all been cancelled so i am going to launch a new virtual tour series uh soon so keep your eyes peeled for that but in the meantime come along to tea break every day monday to friday yeah, uh, at 3 p.m <laughs> emily's gonna be there heckling probably yeah. um and we're going to talk about all kinds of stuff. But yeah, we've got some exciting things lined up. So just pop along and, you know, use it as a, a nice space to come to get away from everything um, every weekday. You know, a bit of respite, really. That's how I use it. Fantastic. <laughs> Yay. So, Wheel of Destiny time. Wheel of Destiny. Go for it, Susie. The Wheel of Destiny. Have you got the wheel? Is, is, it, is it ready yep, to spin? The wheel is primed. I gave her a good and clean last night. I missed the wheel. Oh, the wheel misses you. <laughs> Oh, well, I've never been able to, to, you know, I've never been allowed to touch the, the thing. So I don't know why. <laughs> true, true. Right. So, okay. So, uh, I mean, it's, it's going to be your choice. Is there anywhere on the wheel that you oh, it is, isn't it? land? Um, where do I fancy? No, I think um, I still want to do some sort of, I'm still quite up for Greenwich appearing at some point. Mm-hmm. Um, and maybe some kind of, I don't know, some parks. I think of some parks possibly. But yeah, we'll we'll see where it lands. Wow. Well, here we, we go. Right, you ready? Yeah, well, you ready. You're the one who's <laughs> pulling the wheel. I'm ready. Okay. Oh. Where is it? Oh, okay. Oh, actually, not too far. Oh, come on, tell me. <laughs> oh, it's Fleet Street. Oh, all right. Oh yeah, Which nice. A really good one, actually. Yeah. Oh my goodness, I'm glad that we put Fleet Street on there because there's so many. Um, there's so much around there. Um, Fleet Street. Oh, okay, okay. I think, and I just sort of have an idea that if this, if it came to somewhere in this area of the city, that I might go for this uh, topic, um, which is Hidden Rivers, because 
there's some really cute so fleet street is is named after the river fleet which still exists but exists underground and that's the same with quite a few rivers across london in fact there was a whole book on it written a couple of years ago um or more than one book i think um and uh yeah they're they're all sort of underground and have got you know amazing histories and and link into kind of the history of london that way so i think i want to talk a little bit about some of the hidden rivers in london I'll be excited to hear about those. That's really good. Nice, yeah. Wicked. Lovely. Yay. Well, that's next week sorted. Boom. Boom. Big boom. definitely and i have to say last week i got um, quite a few messages saying that they um the new phrase that everyone was loving was new pants please new pants please oh yeah you text me just saying <laughs> new pants please god honestly right get some pants. t-shirts made up with new pants please <laughs> yes you did say that for christmas you were going to get me yeah. a t-shirt that said new pants please and i i would wear it uh well new pants please all change all change <laughs> <laughs> time for next week's show yeah fabulous well, I think that's it for this week then. Lovely. Thank you so much, everyone, for joining us. Um, we really appreciate it. Good luck, uh, everyone who's going back into lockdown. We're right there with you. We will still yeah. be here. Come and it join us. Quickly, you guys, it will go quickly. It and just will. tune in to Alex's Global Tea Break, honestly, the day. Just having that in the middle of the day, it just, it's lovely just to have a bit of routine. So make sure you do that. Yeah, we'll see you all there. But good luck to everyone who's going into lockdown. We'll, we'll get through together. We will. We'll make it. We'll see will. you on the other side. Oh, big love, everybody. Big love. See you all next week. Bye. Bye.